0: And welcome to 90's Lessons from the Frontline podcast. If you're not familiar with 90, we specialize in insurance innovation, that is taking new insurance ideas to market in 60 days and building best practice innovation capability for insurers in 12 months. Uh, The industry recently voted as consultancy of the year for, for the second year running, which we're really proud of. Um, this was voted by for the industry and um, some of the clients we get to work for, like Allianz, AXA, Travellers, Aetna, Swiss Re across the US, UK and Europe. Um, and what we're doing in this podcast series is um, to let you hear from some of our insurance innovation consultants and to just ask them to share their experiences at the front line of insurance innovation projects at 90 and some of the learnings that have come from that. So welcome to today's episodes. I'm Dan Webster. I'm an innovation consultant at Ninety, and I'm joined here by my colleague, Hugo. So welcome, Hugo.
1: Thank you very much, Dan. Uh, Pleasure to be here.
0: No worries, good to have you on, Hugo. I've been wanting to to speak to you on this for a while. I'm wondering, um, as a bit of an intro, if you could just um, uh, give us a bit of an introduction to yourself, perhaps your background, and then also your role at Ninety and what you
1: do, Hugo. Of course, I'm Hugo Pickford-Waddle. I'm client partner at Ninety, so I look after our European business. So all of our European headquartered insurers, I am there to help them innovate and thrive. And prior to joining Ninety, I've been uh, in the innovation consultancy space for about 20 years. So I've seen a lot of different industries go through digital transformations and use innovation to drive their businesses forward.
0: That's excellent. And I think um, a a really good place to to start and something that I uh, always enjoy talking to you about, Hugo, is from that fact that you've um, done similar innovation work in many different industries. So as just a starting question here, I'm just wondering if you have any um, kind of initial thoughts on what makes innovation and insurance specifically different in terms of perhaps um, challenges and approaches.
1: So, insurance, unlike a lot of the other industries that I've gone into, has, has some specific challenges because of how complex it is. As a consultant, I'm used to going into new industries and new organisations with the ability to have mapped out the industry and, and the challenges within a week. Um, when it came to trying to learn insurance... I had, as anyone who is in the insurance industry already knows, a massive learning curve because of the sheer complexity and how how complicated how much there is to actually understand, to be able to innovate insurance products. And as I've actually started to understand uh, insurance, I've realized that the insurance organizations have a very specific challenge, which is that they are much more diverse than most organizations in other industries. And by that, I mean that they actually have whole mini universes inside them. So the mini universe of underwriting compared to the mini universe of distribution have their own languages, their own targets, their own constraints, their own culture, right? They're they're made up of different people. And so as you start to try and do the collaboration that we'd expect on any innovation project you have a challenge of trying to get these very very diverse groups of people working together understanding each other and being able to have the right conversation.
0: Absolutely and I think it's um, something that anyone working in insurance innovation would 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 acknowledge and agree with that we're working in an industry that has probably one of the most complex um, value chains that's and, and complex amounts and variety of different parties that you need to be involved in, with in order to be able to launch a, an insurance product. So I'm wondering from that, Hugo, if there's any um, perhaps experiences or frameworks that you've either used in the past or that you found useful in helping yourself to adapt to this amount of complexity that is, is unique to insurance.
1: So I'm a big fan of the canvases, the business model canvas, and 90 have a specialised canvas, especially for insurance innovation. Canvases are really useful because they allow you to map out business ideas in a level of detail that ensures that everyone understands it. And so what we've actually been able to do is create the 90 innovation stack, which is a set of canvases for each of those universes that I was describing. So what this does is it can be used in three ways, really. It can be used as a map to to do that mapping out in enough detail. It can be used as a magnifying glass so that one of the challenges when you have this very wide set of specialized people is that you're able to get the right people sort uh, dealing with the right questions that need to be answered. So when you're doing your experimentation, which is a key part of the innovation process, you can actually break out your innovation project into chunks that need to be worked on that are small enough to be able to actually accelerate through the business. And then the other part is that it's actually a translation device. So as a translation device, you can get your distribution colleagues to be working with your underwriting colleagues because they actually are all talking about the same conversation. So we have a a specialized underwriter innovation canvas. And so if you think about one of the elements that underwriters need to care about is the, you know, what's going to trigger a policy. We also have a claims innovation canvas. And on there, there's also a trigger because the claims organization needs to consider what's going to trigger a policy. And what's interesting is that as you want to make a change, in any product you can start to actually map out across those different layers of the innovation stack if we change this at the underwriting layer or if we change this at the claims layer how is it going to impact across the other layers and so it starts to get us thinking about innovation more as a three-dimensional puzzle like a rubik's cube rather than what startups have given us as a starting point which is this kind of jigsaw puzzle-esque approach and i think it's a much better representation of the really complicated challenge that innovating in insurance actually represents
0: yeah and i'm glad you mentioned this like after using this tool a few times myself on on projects it really is particularly helpful as um in helping to get different parties and areas of expertise to understand and speak their language. I mean, I'm sure there'll be a lot of people listening to this podcast who have had experiences of trying to fill out, say, a business model canvas for an insurance innovation and trying to go through that process with underwriters, claims, handlers, actuaries and everything. And sometimes it does feel like a bit of a not an imperfect tool, but one that could be streamlined a lot more for our specific needs here. Um, so a, a question I want to ask you is, The trigger for developing something like this, I'm I'm guessing, would have come from some experiences of seeing some problems in, say, lack of translation and lack of specificity of certain um, areas to be working on and lack of kind of clarity of what people to be talking to when developing a a particular idea. Um, I was wondering if you've got any experiences or little stories of um, how those problems have, have come about that led to the development of this.
1: Yeah sure so the I think for me um, yeah, over the, the kind of 25 years that I've been doing innovation um, it's probably dawned on me that most of what we do has kind of spun out of kind of the west coast of the states where we're, we've been adapting tools for corporate innovation that were really used by by startup communities. Yes. And I've always had one foot in each of those camps. And, and what I've realized is that when we are talking to, you know, a group of underwriters and kind of, um, you know, kind of salespeople, claims people talking about trying to create an entirely new insurance product, the sheer scale of the challenge is super different to what we'd actually have if we were, if we were offering a product to a consumer even if it's facebook right it's a scale product that's actually very simple it's like got some customers we're able to put some content onto a website and what i realized is that actually um, i started my career as a project manager and i've actually ended up still being a project manager i just project managed different things and i've seen during my career the rise of agile every organisation is going Agile. Every insurer that we talk to has a programme which is driving it to go Agile. And I'm just about old enough to remember that the, um, before Agile, the kind of predominant project management technique was Prince2 and the waterfall uh, methodologies associated with it. And at that point, that was because most of the projects that you're working on had a level of certainty for each of your activities that would actually, Mean that uh, you were able to predict what would happen if you did a set of activities, you could expect the outcome. And then, obviously, digital has come along, and with digital, you know, there are so many ways to skin a cat that there's a lot of ambiguity in um, actually those projects. And with uh, the actual um, ambiguity, the agile frameworks, the agile project management frameworks, have been able to deal with that. Right, so when you're dealing with agile, you actually need a bit like a ship to be able to just every point, check where you are and repitch the direction you need to go to to make sure that you know you're trying to get to this location B, but actually the way you get there um, is going to keep changing direction. It's not a straight line. When we're dealing with innovation projects, we are dealing with massive levels of uncertainty. So your starting point, your A, hasn't even really been defined yet, let alone where you're trying to get to be. And so that means that you've actually got a different challenge when you're trying to run innovation projects where you are trying to manage this really really high level of uncertainty. And so these canvases help us provide certainty. The The opposite of uncertainty is the confidence, uncertainty around what you're doing. So that means that you do need specificity and you do need things written down in documents because you're actually trying to work against the uncertainty that you have and actually innovation funnily enough it's probably more akin to waterfall project management than it is to agile project management because in agile project management it's very principled we're actually um micromanagers you know if you think about a workshop we wrap it up in bright colors and games because we're asking people to do five minutes work and then we tell them what to do next. We tell them when to take a toilet break. We actually are like the person behind you just breathing down your neck the whole time, telling you exactly what to do. We're really prescriptive. Whereas Agile's this principle, the team have control over what they do. And it's, it's for this reason because we're actually dealing with uncertainty. And as I started um, kind of getting into this, I thought, well, I mean, insurance, right, if any, if any industry is going to understand uncertainty, it's going to be insurance. They're taking the risk. Surely they're going to have a Richter scale for uncertainty, you know, some universal measure of uncertainty. As I got further into looking at this, actually, there is no universal measure of uncertainty. So uh, we've been starting to put some definition around it to be able to help support the, the projects that we're looking at.
0: That's brilliant. So you hit upon a load of interesting points there. Um, a couple that I'd like to pick up upon. And, well, first of all, you mentioned that a lot of innovation work that we do is actually waterfall. That's quite an interesting admission, right? Because that's sometimes uh, seen as a bit of a dirty word when you're trying to work in um, lean, agile methodologies. No one would like to admit that what they're actually doing is waterfall. But I, I, I do completely agree that um, we have a process and we need to go through it and it's interesting and quite powerful as well to be able to put that language of uh, reducing uncertainty into one of kind of insurance speak. because you're right this is what we should be really good at this is the the way we should be talking about these things as well um and yeah that, that's that's an interesting concept isn't it i wonder if you can put a risk on um specific innovation projects and initiatives, if you can calculate that risk. I wonder if you could then insure it as well, but that might be a conversation for another time. Um,
1: I think there is actually a really good um, kind of like link between using insurance to actually do innovation in insurance companies. I was recently uh, speaking to someone who has uh, the mandate for horizon three innovation at a um, global reinsurer. And their challenge was, you know, no one's really willing to support Horizon 3 innovation. But, well, actually, the reason that you're doing Horizon 3 innovation should be that on your business continuity plan, you have a risk, which is our business model will get disrupted. And you should be associating a, a risk premium to that risk, which should be your budget for your Horizon 3 innovation to mitigate that risk. And that's what you should be reporting to the board. And I really like the idea of that kind of um, using uh an insurance mechanism to support the uh, groundbreaking innovation that he was doing.
0: Good, isn't it? We should be able to underwrite innovation as an activity, really, when you think about it. Yeah. Um, so uh, another question I had to ask you, go um, kind of harking back to the innovation stack, these canvases you referred to at the beginning, and then also some of the um, principles of innovation as a project management discipline. Um, I'm just wondering if you have any kind of recent stories or projects or examples of how you've seen this work out powerfully on a, a project with a, a client.
1: Yeah, so we've actually um, been working with uh, loads of London, taking their huge minds network through a um, an eight week programme where I thought we'd actually been given a bit of a Hail Mary pass, really, uh, because the subject matter was intangibles, right? So how do we ensure intangibles, which, because it's intangible, it's like, well, you know, actually the trigger data is going to be a real issue here. Um, and so we actually use the um, underwriting canvas for the first eight weeks to really understand what is insurable, right? So the reason why the underwriting canvas is the foundational layer of the innovation stack is because Um, It is the layer that allows you to understand with a risk-bearing product whether or not you're going to be able to actually insure it. What happened at the end of those eight weeks, we had um, six teams going through the program. And so from six teams, we had a hope that we might get a couple of um, ideas that were um, kind of viable in the sense that they were going to be pitched back to the business and there might be further development today. So not completely um, in market at that point but there was something there. Um, That was our kind of best case scenario. And actually we got six for six. So because they were able to map out these ideas in the level of specificity that the canvas provided and really with a canvas that was designed exactly for that job, they were able to, uh, for each of the ideas, pivot throughout that eight week period and hone their ideas to be able to, at the end of the six weeks, Pitch back to all of the Lloyd Syndicate's ideas. And that, I think, is an absolutely fantastic example of how we've been able to utilize the 90 tool set to be able to deal with the complexity of what I thought was an insurmountable challenge. I mean, you know, intangible insurance, that seems to be pretty crazy to me.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And, and being able to put those things into um, a formalized process is, is, is a really powerful um thing to be able to do as well as this is also um this is just helping us practice to use using the word specificity as well which is is (laughs) the rest of life absolutely Um, uh, just another question off the to kind of follow on from that Hugo so we've talked a lot about this being a process that we're following that is, is really helpful to go through and to encourage. But also, as we're talking about project management frameworks like Agile, Waterfall and Innovation, it's all, there's also a mindset shift behind operating in each of those different methodologies as well. Um, I'm wondering if you just had any thoughts that you could um, speak to that point about.
1: So I actually define innovation as three things. There's innovation, which is the outputs, the shiny, what we all want to work on because it's the cool stuff uh, that people are going to see in the marketplace. Then there's the innovation as a mindset. And this is what um, every organization wants to create, people who are innovative in their, their nature, which very much ties into building a culture of innovation and being able to make sure that you've got the psychological safety, the joined up um, view of where the organization's headed through your strategy and your vision, and that you are able to allow people be the room to be able to uh, do innovation in their day jobs, You know whether or not that's improving a process, whether or not that is just coming up with new ideas from across the business and democratizing innovation across the business. The one that most organizations miss, they, they usually have those two definitions in their kind of repertoire is this innovation as a process, which is why I'm talking about innovation as a project management methodology. And this is how do we deal with the issues that have a huge level of uncertainty in them? And it's interesting, as soon as I talk about uncertainty and innovation, people think I'm talking about the horizon three moonshot innovation of how do we get to the moon? But you can actually have core innovation that is really, really uncertain, because as soon as you say to your team, let's reduce the costs of our claim handling by 1%, they'll come back with a plan to be able to do that. If you say, let's make our claims handling process 10x cheaper, everyone's going to freak out, because the level of uncertainty, because you've increased the ambition, has just gone through the roof. And unless you have a way to be able to actually have project management methodology designed to deal with uncertainty, you can't actually have the level of ambition even in your core innovation portfolio. So I think it's really important to distinguish between the horizons of innovation, how far away an innovation is from our existing business, from the level of ambition and therefore this uncertainty we introduce through our innovations. And I think that's a really interesting distinction to make for people who are in the position to think about their innovation portfolio. have I provided people the tooling to be able to have the level of ambition that I've set out for this programme of work?
0: So some really good stuff. And there's a long conversation here around different philosophies of innovation, mindset and process and project management. Um, Unfortunately, for the sake of time, um, we don't have all day to talk about this because I'm sure we could, well, we could certainly do that. So the question that I'd like to finish with Hugo would be, To any people who might be listening to this podcast who, let's say, are innovation managers, um, what would be a couple of key changes in their kind of day-to-day management of projects that you could recommend them experimenting with? Um, Just perhaps any changes based on some of the things we've been talking about or any slight um, differences to ways of working and managing that could be interesting for someone to experiment with? with just to see how it um, varies their results. I
1: was going to suggest three experiments for innovation managers to run. The first one would be try assessing the uncertainty in any of the projects that you have in your portfolio. I actually like to do this using the um, kind of known knowns versus unknown knowns model. And just putting a percentage of you know where our uh, knowledge is across the kind of four quadrants of that box the second would be take one of your most core projects that you're being asked to work on and 10x the ambition on that project and then rerun that exercise just to see actually that link between ambition and uncertainty and the third would be to start using canvases to map out the challenges that you are actually dealing with at the moment and by all means come and talk to us about the innovation stack um, because we do have the specialized canvases for each layers that are, are ready to go for that purpose but those canvases i think are really useful
0: Okay, so that's three really good and interesting experiments that could be made in a day-to-day, just if you're um, unconvinced of how any of this could could affect your, your productivity of innovation management. Um, and we've been on quite a journey with this conversation, starting with the differences between... Um, innovation and insurance compared to other industries, some of the principles behind that, ways of managing it using canvases. And then this, um, this powerful way of expressing insurance innovation in the language of uncertainty, which is one that we should all be very literate in, given our, our sector. So, Hugo, I'd like to, to thank you for sharing all of those thoughts. Um, so if anyone has any questions or wants to get in contact with you, Hugo, um, um, I'd hope they'll just be able to contact us at um, marketing at 90.com and anything will be directed to you if anyone would like a, a, a conversation or a bit of a follow-up on any of these would that be okay of course that'll be fantastic cool good stuff so I think all that's left is for me to thank you for coming and talking to me today Hugo
1: it was a pleasure as always thank you very much for having me
0: good stuff Thank you. So um, for more specialist insurance innovation content, tools, and events, uh, please feel free to visit com or get in touch with us at marketing at com. And thank you for joining us today. We'll see you on the next episode. Bye.